Why are Kenneth Gainwell, Tyler Algier, Jordan Love, and Puka Nakua players that you must be targeting in your waiver wire in week two? It's time to break it down right here and right now as we get another edition of Locked On Fantasy Football. You are Locked On Fantasy, your daily NFL fantasy podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Fantasy Football Podcast. As usual, I'm one of your co-hosts, Vinny Iron. I'm not doing this. I'm writing about NFL and fantasy football for SportingNews.com. Hey, hey, I'm Michelle Majuk, researcher for NFL Network and fantasy analyst at NFL.com. Yes, it is a waiver wire Tuesday on the show, Michelle. So I'm excited to share our picks here of guys that you want to go after. We'll break it down for you who's out there a lot to look at the waiver wire immediately going into week two. A lot of injuries that we need to talk about. And first and foremost, uh, before we get into it, Aaron Rodgers is done, looks like, for the season with an Achilles. He lasted one series, not even a whole really a series there for the Jets this season. Uh, It's brutal. I don't know if I'm crying so much about Aaron Rodgers as I am as much for Garrett Wilson. Garrett Wilson. And... uh, I say Garrett Wilson. Maybe I actually might be happy for Brees Hall here. Yeah, Brees Hall looked amazing. It uh, looked way better than Delvin Cook. If you got him at a discount, it's looking like a, a great deal for you right now. Uh, very excited uh, to have him in one of my main leagues here. But it, it, Garrett Wilson is a guy I've been touting all. I mean, everybody has, right? But he's one like I kept moving up and up and up and up my ranking. So I have him in many leagues, and it's hurt. Like I. I don't want him anymore because Zach Wilson cannot give him an accurate target. I mean, Garrett Wilson, just to get any fantasy points in last night's game, he had to basically steal an interception away from the the Bills defensive player and catch a ball with like one, like he had to make it a crazy catch to just have that touchdown, which without that would have been a terrible fantasy night for him. He's an amazing player and he'll still have okay fantasy value, but he's, not going to be worth that first early second round price anymore without Aaron Rodgers there. And we got, we got one pass attempt from Aaron Rodgers. One. Yeah. It's disappointing. I do have Garrett Wilson in a key league here, but I do uh, know that, look, I'm still going to get wide receiver two production. That's what he was last year. So I can't be too sad about that. The talent is going to rise the top here. Maybe they'll do something at quarterback here. That's going to help him or maybe, You'll see Garrett Wilson score every week to save himself. So something might happen here. I'm just not as optimistic, obviously, as we all are not with no Aaron Rodgers and at least Zach Wilson in there for now. We'll see if Tim Boyle comes back or someone like that goes into the lineup here and they start doing by committee like they did last year. So really, it's tough. If you had Aaron Rodgers as your fantasy football QB, we'll get into that in our last segment there potential replacements there's plenty out there so don't worry i mean you probably drafted him as a borderline qb1 there are a lot of those players with some upside here so we'll break those down for you last on the show we will start with the running backs before we do that i'm going to tell you this episode of lockdown fantasy football is brought to you by prize picks it's the easiest most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports go to pricepicks.com slash lockdown nfl use the code all lowercase lockdown nfl for a first deposit match up to $100. All 
All right, Michelle, let's uh, get into the running backs. This is the primo position. This is what you target a lot with your fab here and your waiver priorities here. So let's get into our really our top two guys for sure. And in a lot of leagues, they're still available. They were drafted. If you listen to the show, you would have drafted these guys. But Kenneth Gainwell, Tyler Algier, if you're in a shallow league or just a league where people don't believe in adding all the running backs, these guys are available. Yeah, especially Tyler Algier. I think everybody was just like, Bijan Robinson was drafted so early. Let's see like how much workload he gets. And I thought, like, I knew Tyler Algier would be involved in the beginning. And it is only week one, so maybe his involvement doesn't stick. But I don't really see a reason for them to move on from it, right? It worked well. They won the game. Algier looked good. He did everything well. Now, Bijan, I think, could do everything Algier does and better. But there's no reason to run down Bijan Robinson and give him a gazillion touches when you also have another good running back like let them do you know each have a lot of touches in a game because they clearly want to be a heavy 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 run team that does not have to depend on Desmond Ritter at all so Tyler Algier is probably my favorite pickup off waivers right now just because you can plug him in with Bijan Robinson still there and he's going I think he will produce some solid RB2 weeks most weeks yeah, I mean, I think this is the situation that we saw in Atlanta years ago. It wasn't as exciting as this, I don't think, with Warwick Dunn and uh, TJ Duckett. Uh, I would say this is more a situation where this is the Falcons' offense, right? It's not Drake London. It's not Kyle Pitts, sadly, if you have those two players. It's these two guys as much as possible, hiding Desmond Ritter at quarterback as much as possible. Arthur Smith's going to do this. So I think don't look at it as bad for Bichon because it's going to help keep him healthy. And I think both these guys can be explosive and produce. And Bijan was clearly the preferred guy, the passing game, really over even Pitts and what London was doing. He had a zero there. So yeah. <laughs> I think there's plenty to go around for these two guys. If they're gonna they're kind of like the Jalen Wall and Tyreek Hill of this offense, except they're in the backfield. It's like Mark Ingram and uh, Alvin Kamara during Kamara's yeah. rookie season. Both were very good fantasy options with Ingram being a, a little less explosive, not going to be as flashy, just kind of like, like I think Bijan Robinson still is going to be a top five running back this year. He's going to give you the more consistent upside. While Algier is just a, a solid RB2 you can plug in in most given weeks and you need those guys right so I, I think Tyler Algier is very much worth that waiver wire priority this week yeah and uh, Kenneth Gamewell we talked about him and really he should not be out there I mean DeAndre Swift and Rashad Penny Swift didn't uh, get a lot of opportunity there in week one Rashad Penny was a healthy scratch Gamewell looks like the guy we will monitor however he has a rib injury here he has an estimated DNP you're ahead of Thursday night football against the Vikings. So something to watch there if they have to change things up again. It would not surprise me if this is week to week, but right now Gainwell yeah. looks like the guy at this point, hopefully over like Boston Scott, and we don't have to think about him next week. Um, Michelle, another injury that we're monitoring is Austin Eckler. He had, had an ankle injury late in that game against the Dolphins. Joshua Kelly looked good, and there's a parallel to be drawn with another combo backfield of Tony Pollard and Ezekiel Elliott from last year. You have Kellen Moore, obviously, in Los Angeles with the Chargers. So Joshua Kelly might have some independent value, given that he produced really well. I don't know if this Chargers running game is going to go for 209 yards every week, but I think at least he's a premium handcuff here. 
Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I feel like we've seen Josh Kelly have okay games as like a side piece, and then he had to come in and be a starter before, and he's just been incredibly bad. He did have the same number of carries as Eckler, but it felt like his usage really did just pick up once Eckler was dealing with that ankle injury. He got the touchdown because Eckler went out with it, you know, with the injury. So I'm not like super high on having to pick up Josh Kelly. There's also just so many offensive plays in that game. I don't think that's going to hold up throughout all their games. It was just like the Dolphins score within 0.5 seconds of having the ball so then the chargers and like and the chargers were able to move the ball a lot so they had so many offensive plays i i'm fine with picking him up as a handcuff to eckler but i'm not like a, i'm not needing him if i don't have eckler on my team yeah i, th- I think that's fair it's also a tough matchup this week against the titans their run defense is pretty stout here it took the saints a lot to get anything going with uh, jamal williams last week so something to keep in mind if you're looking for a plug and play. He's not that Eckler style running back now. Yeah. Zach Moss, I don't know if I can invest too much in the Colts backfield. Deion Jackson didn't look good. I think someone is a product of the offensive line. Also, don't forget about Anthony Richardson is going to call his own number and run plenty to take away from uh, what these guys can do. But I, I agree with you. I think Zach Moss has the most upside for now without Jonathan Taylor because Deion Jackson looked awful. Yeah, Deion Jackson was just so terrible that if Zach Moss is active in this game and he plays, he's going to get all the opportunities to be the lead back here, at least as long as Jonathan Taylor is out. And it's a really nice match. He gets a really nice matchup in week two, right? It's against the Texans, so he has a chance to really break out. We saw Justice Hill even score two touchdowns against the Texans. Like, I I think Zach Moss is a viable option to play in week two. And from there, like, that's why I believe he should be – waiver wire pickup this week i would prefer algier but after that i would want moss over a guy like josh kelly i am stuck though on deciding between zach moss or a guy like gus edwards or justice hill i know you're a justice hill guy i slightly lean more gus edwards you tell me why you'd prefer hill over edwards uh as a pickup well, a couple of reasons. The Justice Hill played ahead of Edwards there, and they didn't really use Edwards until J.K. Dobbins went down. So there's one thing. And Justice Hill had a very good preseason. The other thing is this is not the same old plotting offense we had before with Greg Roman. This is a different type of offense. Justice Hill has a little bit more juice as a receiver to help in that capacity here. I think you'll also see Melvin Gordon annoyingly get into what Gus Edwards' role might be here he's like a plotting power back here. Justice Hill, I think, has the most explosiveness of these guys, and they might use him in more passing situation. We know suddenly the Ravens are a passing team, Michelle. Who knew? So this <laughs> could be better for Justice Hill than maybe the old uh, Gus bus here. So maybe they're uh, going uh, by air more by than by bus here in Baltimore going forward. Yeah, so my biggest concern with looking at those snaps is, yeah, Justice Hill may have been used earlier on, but I think it's because he's the change of pace back, right? They had their J.K. Dobbins, and then they brought in Justice Hill at times to be the change of pace. Gus Edwards now, like we see this a lot when uh, the starting running back goes down. It's not always that change of pace guy who comes in and is the starter. It's the backup, and the backup is Gus Edwards. He can play the J.K. Dobbins role. We've seen it plenty, and every time they need – a guy to carry most of the workload, right? Which is not a ton in this backfield. It is Gus Edwards. So I think they're going to lean on him. We saw that once Gus Edwards went down, Edwards had nine carries um, or eight carries after the Dobbins injury. Hill only had three carries for negative two yards in the fourth quarter. Both played a close to the same amount of snaps with Gus Edwards playing a little bit more, but 
I, I think I lean Edwards as a full-time guy, even though I do agree with you that Justice Hill has more upside and like is more explosive. But we've seen Gus Edwards be good before. Just he might also get hurt after like five carries as well. Yeah, and, and Justice Hill, I did like that they used him at the goal line a couple times. That was also a yeah. little bit helpful because I wasn't sure if he was going to get that type of role. But interesting debate there. We'll see how it plays out. I'm not enthusiastic about either back that I need to pound the table for. But if you're desperate, you lost Dobbins, you're going to go that way. Now, Cam Akers, uh, we know for some reason Sean McVay is going to do everything he can to not give Cam Akers opportunities, although he did get 22 carries in this game. It was not until late in the game until – they had to ice it, and they just had a big lead there against the Seahawks. So Kyron Williams, we've heard them talk about him before. I've seen him a lot at Notre Dame. He's a pretty good back. But I just didn't see this coming. It's like the Daryl Henderson twist from last year. It's always, here's another reason to not play Cam Akers. And Kyron looked good, but I just don't trust it again. Neither back got any work in the passing game, and that scares me. This was still a passing first team. They just happen to have a big lead, which I don't think the Rams are going to have very often this year. Well, yeah, and that's why you can't play Cam Akers, uh, at least yeah. moving forward until we see that change. But Kyron Williams, what, before the lead was huge. I mean, he outsnapped Cam Akers significantly in the first quarter, in the second quarter, in the third quarter. He was the one that had more carries um, heading into the fourth quarter there. And then Cam Akers had 12 of his 22 carries in the fourth quarter, got his touchdown in the fourth quarter. And it seems like Sean McVay is saying, Kyron Williams, hey, you're our starter. Uh, I don't think he's especially talented, um, but I would, if if I had to rank these guys, it would be Tyler Algier, Zach Moss, Kyron Williams, Gus Edwards, Justice Hill. Yeah, I think I'd go close to that. I'd throw in Joshua Kelly only because I don't think his role is totally going away here um, there so we'll see how it plays out with uh, those backs uh, just a couple guys I mentioned uh, Roshan Johnson looked really good here I know Khalil Herbert did well but it looks like it's going to be a clear committee there so you want a piece of this Bears run heavy offense and Chuba Hubbard just on the list as a potential handcuff I don't know if Miles Sanders was spectacular he was pretty solid with the volume but Chuba looked pretty good as well and the Panthers want to run the ball so a couple more guys there and uh, Michelle I think we'll have some Good wide receivers to talk about in our next segment as well. Yeah, a lot of wide receivers that uh, went off in week one that we were not expecting. So a long list to get through here. Uh, but before we do that, get ready for the NFL season with incredible offers from FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers can bet $5 and get 200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Plus, all customers who bet $5 will get $100 off NFL Sunday ticket from YouTube and YouTube TV. Now is the best time to join FanDuel. The app is easy to use, and you can be on everything from spreads to player props and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and kick off the NFL season with an offer you won't want to miss. Again, that's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. All right, lots of wide receivers to jump in here. Uh, just some we want to note right off the top. They're probably rostered in your league, but just take a look. Jacoby Myers, he definitely was a top favorite target of Jimmy Garoppolo in week one. Got to give all that credit to Vinny. If you've been listening, Jacoby Myers will be rostered because he would be on your team. And then Romeo Dobbs, if you've been listening to us, we've been talking about Romeo Dobbs as well. So check those two guys, see if they're on your roster. 
There's also Nico Collins, who had 11 targets, six receptions, 80 yards. He was drafted a lot of leagues, but also checked that as well. Although, I are you impressed with that line? I mean, it's fine. Yeah, I'm not sure that I'm really excited about the Texans in general. It's just disappointing for Damian Pierce as well. So I don't know. Like, I think if the options right now, Nico Collins is it, but it would not surprise me if it pivots more to Robert Woods or Tank Dell. Yeah, point. that's the really- thing. It was like Collins had 11 targets. Robert Woods had 10 targets. And I mean, Robert Woods on 10 targets only put up 57 yards. Collins on 11 targets only put up 80 yards. This just makes me more excited about Tank Dell. He had four targets, three receptions, 37 yard, 34 yards. Uh, only played on 37 snaps while Collins, Woods, and Noah Brown all played 50-plus snaps. You, ex- I expect his snap count to increase and then he would be the best wide receiver on this team and actually produce so again i just want to stash tank dell if i'm if i'm keeping any of these texans wide receivers on my roster all right now we got to get into some juicy guys here that we've been waiting to talk about these both rams guys had 119 receiving yards exactly in week one puka nakua and tutu atwell Michelle, I will say I did draft Nakua. It was one of my last picks in a draft, so I stashed him. It's good because I had Sky Moore as my other kind of sleeper there. So I feel a lot better about Nakua than I do Sky Moore. Then Tuju Atwell, big game as well. We know there was no Cooper Cup. Van Jefferson looked terrible. Ben Skronik looked terrible. So I think definitely the play here for longer term might be Nakua, even if Cooper Cup comes back. But I think Atwell has some value as well. Yeah, I mean, Sean McVay talked up Nakua like crazy and then utilized him. Like, it's cool to actually hear a coach say something and then do it. Like, that does not happen often. Uh, You you can't take that 15 targets lightly. I mean, 40.5% of the Rams team targets. You're not going to have Cooper Cup back until at least week five. And we're just acting like he's coming back in week five. We have no idea. It could be longer than that. And even if Cooper Cup comes back, Matthew Stafford has loved to hyper-target one guy. And Cooper Cup is going to get his targets. But I don't know how a defense, you know, if they're going to focus so much on Cooper Cup, Nakua should then have an easier uh, path to success as well. Maybe some deeper targets. So I'm definitely focusing on Puka here over Tutu Atwell, who I I think he's talented. I I do. It's just we've had a longer history of him not producing consistently. uh, And so much of his production just came off of super long plays. I I don't think that's just easy to rely on from week to week. So if I'm picking up one of these, it's Nakua for sure. Yeah, I totally agree with you. And uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what Nico's role does here really going forward. It's a tough matchup this week against the 49ers, but I think they can scheme him open. If he's in the Cooper Cup kind of role right now, that's great news. They're going to use him as a proxy Cooper Cup. So excited about that. And we know Sean McVay can get some guys open in whatever matchup. So I'm happy about that. Now a former Ram is also getting some buzz here, Josh Reynolds. Look, we can't forget about what happened on Thursday night. He was clearly their best downfield receiver playing off Emma Ross St. Brown here. Sam Laporta also looked good. So I think it's basically those three guys in the past game with a little bit of Jameer Gibbs. How I don't think Josh Reynolds is exciting, but no. how high are you on him that maybe you can plug and play in the right matchup? And I think this week might be it. The Seahawks really look bad against the aforementioned Nakua and Atwell. Maybe, but like I, I don't want to pick up Josh Reynolds. Yeah. He does he doesn't there. do it for me. He played 49 snaps, four receptions, 80 yards, you know, 33 yeah. of those yards were on one catch. Like 
I, I I don't care about Josh Reynolds at all. I think Gibbs will get more involved. Sam Laporta will get more involved. And then plus you have Jamison Williams coming back after yeah. week six. So it would just be a short rental that you're getting off waivers. There's too many other guys with way higher upside and that can actually be a difference maker for you that you can stash and set. Yeah, and one of those guys is definitely Rasheed Rice in that same game when we saw he scored the touchdown for the Chiefs as Kadarius Tony was dropping everything. Uh, Sky Moore was absent for most of the game. Just wasn't a lot going on at wide receiver. So maybe Rasheed Rice has an opportunity here. Oh, absolutely. He looked like the only good Chiefs wide receiver in the game on Thursday night. Like, uh, And he didn't get uh, a ton of opportunity, but he tied for the team high five targets and three receptions without playing very many snaps. So, And he had the one touchdown as well. I really like Rasheed Rice. He's not someone that you can play yet because he we, we haven't seen him be on the field enough but I definitely would be happy to just keep him on my bench. Like at this point, I, if you drafted Sky Moore, would you drop Sky Moore and pick up Rasheed Rice instead to stash him? Um, I would think about it. I would definitely drop Kadarius Tony, just like he dropped yeah. passes on Thursday night. I don't want any part of Kadarius Tony going forward. I think his performance should say, hey, we don't want to play this guy. Get Sky Moore, Rasheed Rice, some more opportunities. But yeah, I, I, I'm with you. Rice at least has maybe that touchdown upside there. That Sky Moore, I don't know if he has. I mean, he scored his first touchdown in the Super Bowl last year as a rookie, so I'm not that enthused here. But Rice is worth a shot because he had a pretty good preseason. Now, Rashid Shahid, I don't know if I'm too interested, Michelle, just because, you know, there's Chris Olave, there's Michael Thomas, there's Juwan Johnson, Alvin Kamara is going to come back at some point. And I just think that was a product, again, we'll get into the wide receiver rankings. This is why I like Mike Williams this week. Product of the Titans secondary being bad and giving up big plays downfield. So he's a shot play guy. I'm not sure those shot plays are going to be consistent. We can't count on them. But I do like his upside. I think he's a talented receiver and coming off a pretty good rookie year. I don't like him this week, though, against the Panthers. Yeah, 41 of his 89 yards came on one play, 35 snap count. It's decent, but not like. Not something you can rely on. He's a big play dude. And if you have him in best ball, like if you were to draft him, I think that's a good uh, place to have him. But I don't want to trust him just plug him into my lineup in any given week. Uh, especially, like you said, Alvin Kamara comes back. He probably steals uh, some of those targets as well. Yeah, and I think this means uh, maybe less for Juwan Johnson. Maybe they do want to spread the field with the three receivers and let Derek Carr loose here. And that could be good for Sheen in some weeks. But you got to look at the matchup. And maybe he's a good play if you know they can get some big plays and I don't know if that's going to happen every week I don't think it's going to happen against the Panthers now Kendrick Bourne we had Juju Smith-Schuster on the list Devontae Parker got some attention here I don't know like uh, Kendrick Bourne is okay like he kind of was a serviceable wide receiver three but I'm going to say I feel like he's the new Jacoby Myers I wasn't that excited about him while he was in New England I got excited about Myers going away and being a number two receiver I'm just not excited about any Patriots receiver. Like, I get it. Kendrick Bourne scored twice, and he can be there. But I think he has a very limited capacity for consistency week in and week out. I actually really like Kendrick Bourne. So this is a guy I was thinking about hyping up all offseason long. And for some reason, I just kept holding it in and holding it in because I'm like, yeah. it's Kendrick Bourne. Like, I just couldn't talk people. I couldn't talk myself into drafting him. And I just, you know, but Every all the data says that Mac Jones is really good with Kendrick Bourne. Like those two have a connection. It was before this year, and then in the first game, eleven targets, sixty-four yards, two touchdowns. Um, but 
Like if you're just looking at passer rating uh, between a quarterback and a wide receiver, they're sitting there at 112. Only Tua, Jalen Waddle, Tua, Tyreek Hill, and Jalen Hurts, A.J. Brown have higher passer ratings as a quarterback wide receiver duo with 100 plus targets among current quarterback wide receiver duos. But like, so their connection has been serious over the last three years here. And uh, Mac Jones has 39 career passing touchdowns. 11 of them went to Hunter Henry. Eight of them have now gone to Kendrick Bourne. And then nine others went to Jacoby Myers and Nelson Aguilar combined. They're no longer on the team. No one else has more than two. So it's like, I feel like Mac Jones's dudes are Hunter Henry and Kendrick Bourne, (laughs) which... I'm kind of interested in. I I don't know. I'm kind of interested in picking up Kendrick Bourne and seeing what what happens. Yeah, maybe we just forgot about this passing game and we just said, okay, Juju seems to be the guy here, but we weren't sure because the Patriots always do this to us. But look, Kendrick Bourne was a pretty good player in San Francisco. He was a guy that they looked in in the red zone as well. So the Patriots have mined someone who can be valuable here. That's good for them. I'm just not too excited. Like, again, I'm not going to say that he's going to score twice every week. But it is encouraging, however, Michelle, that it happened against a pretty good Eagles secondary that didn't play well the second half. Now, a couple other guys on the list. I'll, I'll give you a choice of who you like of this group. Jane Reed, there. We'll see if Christian Watson doesn't play here again for second week. If he's in, I don't know if I'm into Jane Reed, so we have to watch that. Allen Robinson with the Deontay Johnson injury, hamstring as well. He should be out uh, multiple weeks here, so maybe he's got a little bit more interest than Calvin Austin. And then Zay Jones, just putting on the list. Uh, where would you go with uh, any of these three if you were desperate here in a deeper league? No, oh, my Lord. So Jaden Reed lo- did look good, <laughs> but at the same time, he only had two receptions and one of them was yeah. 30 yards. Like, And with Christian Watson potentially coming back, I just think it's going to be too inconsistent for him to pick up just yet. Allen Robinson could be the Steelers wide receiver one. I mean, he did lead the team with eight targets in week one and Deontay Johnson's out, but like, Gross, gross. I don't like <laughs> it. Uh, and so maybe Zay Jones, right? He did play a yeah, team high like six, 62 offensive snaps in week one, seven targets, five receptions, 55 yards, and a touchdown. I do think there's too much, too many great players to go around, but Zay Jones at least offers you the most upside in any given week. It was interesting. We saw some more two tight end sets than I expected. Did not expect that a lot from the Jaguars, but. He used that, and he was the other guy on the field there with Calvin Ridley. So I don't know. I don't know if this is bad for Christian Kirk. We'll see how it develops. I think it's going to be more week to week, based on where the good matchup is. Number two on the outside, or number three in the slot. So we'll see how that plays out. But I do agree with you, Zay Jones. The only interest for me in this group. Now we'll get into potential quarterback replacements. If you lost Aaron Rodgers, we're sorry, but don't be sorry. There's some ways you can pivot and really help your team. We'll get into that in our last segment. Before we do that, I got to tell you more about Price Picks, our title sponsor here. And really, Price Picks is the largest independently owned daily fantasy sports platform in North America. They're the easiest, most exciting way to play DFS. It's just you against the numbers. Instead of battling thousands of other players, including pros and sharks, you pick more than or less than on two to six player stat projections and watch the winnings roll in. Price Picks is the most fun you can have. They're Winning up to 25 times your money this football season. You just select two or more players, pick more or less than their projected stats, and place your entry. You can test your skills on prize picks, and it's really the most exciting way to play. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. There's quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, and an enormous selection of players, and stat types are what make prize picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. So check it out. 
here. Really, it's all a lot of uh, fun on Prize Picks, and uh, again, it's uh, daily fantasy made easy for you. Just go to PrizePicks.com/slash/lockdownNFL and use the promo code LockdownNFL for first deposit match up to one hundred dollars. Again, PrizePicks.com/slash/lockdownNFL to use uh, the promo code LockedOnNFL for first deposit match up to one hundred dollars. So check it out there. Price Picks is going to take you there, and uh, daily fantasy made easy for you to score and win big. All right, Michelle, we will wrap up the show looking at some quarterbacks, uh, some tight ends, and we have uh, a few picks for some streaming defenses that should be available in a lot of leagues here. So let's get right into it. Sam Howell, one guy we've been talking about. Uh, Jordan Love, the one guy I've been talking about. We said both of them could be top 10 QB. So if you've been listening to the show, they should not be available, but they are available in a lot of leagues. And then Brock Purdy, maybe just a forgotten guy in the mix once uh, Trey Lance was traded. So I think any of these guys are pretty solid. And I, I think they could come through for you in a lot of weeks. I, I lean a little bit more pur- Purdy and Love because I think they played better than Sam Howell overall. But I think all three have some viability going forward. Yeah, I, I like Howell's upside, of course. He does have a few tough matchups coming up here. Broncos, Bills, Eagles. So not a, not a great uh, lineup of games. So if you're if you need him because you lost Aaron Rodgers, like – probably would look more towards Brock Purdy. The 49ers have a really nice schedule and he's like, he's not like a super high scoring quarterback, but he also is never going to kill you. He has two passing touchdowns or more in every single regular season start in his career. It's, it's wild. He just has all the weapons he needs and any, any guy he gets the ball to in their hands, they can take it to the house, right? You don't have to depend on him throwing it deep. So I do, I I think Brock Purdy would be the one I'd be looking to pick up here. Jordan Love's also a nice pickup. Uh, I'm, I'm still waiting to see like, is the bears defense just that bad or is Jordan love like the real deal? We'll, we'll find out here shortly. And then I also say, keep an eye on if someone drops Daniel Jones after that disaster performance against the Cowboys, Cowboys are really good defense. He was going to struggle against the Cowboys defense. He, he has right. And throughout his career, especially last year, pick him up. It'll get easier for him. He'll, he'll be a better fantasy quarterback. Like if, if he gets dropped, just keep an eye on that. Yeah, totally good call there. Someone could actually do that reaction hate drop that happens in a lot of leagues, uh, believe it or not, especially shallower leagues. So watch out for that. But I agree with you, Love and Purdy. When you look at the talent around them, the schedules, all those things line up there. A little bit more, Sam Howell, I want to clean up his act a little bit. He was a little bit sloppy there against the Cardinals. And It was a really gross weather game. Yeah, <laughs> we'll see. I, I hope it's wrinkly. not gross in Denver, but I just want to see him play a little bit better. I think the eye test is reality-wise, Jordan Love, and uh, Brock Purdy played a little bit better and for, yeah. toward their numbers. So I, I feel a little bit more confident that they won't mess up as much. I'll say that. So let's uh, get into tight ends. Quickly, Luke Musgrave, still available in a lot of leagues. Big play tight end for the Packers. He may not get a lot of volume, but still clearly he's involved for some big plays. Michelle, you banged the table for Hunter Henry in the draft. He came through. He was actually, I think in many cases, the top tight end of the week here. So Hunter Henry should not be out there anymore in league. So uh, Hunter Henry, Hayden Hurst. I mean, I love saying those names fast together. Uh, those got to be the two pickups there you're looking at, right? Yeah. And it's definitely Hunter Henry for me over Hayden Hurst. Uh, I just think he's yeah. going to, he's on the better team. And I think he's Mac Jones favorite target with Kendrick Bourne there. I, I do think most of the targets are going to go through those two guys. And then also, if you're just looking at next week's matchup, Hunter Henry gets Miami. Like he should be one of the top plays again next week. While Hayden yeah. Hurst gets the saints, which is a pretty 
rough matchup for a tight end. So I don't trust him next week. If I, I I'm not picking up a tight end if I can't play them right away. So it's just Hunter Henry for me here. If I if I need a if I don't have one of the elite tight ends, I need a tight end to start. It's Hunter Henry. Also, Sam Laporta is going to be out there in some leagues yeah. as well. He did not go drafted in every league. Check for him. He looked really impressive. Oh, he didn't yeah. like he put up great. huge numbers, but in his first ever game in the NFL for a tight end, Sam Laporta looked really good. He's a guy that you can pick up and like kind of stash as a backup, even if you have a good other tight end. Yeah. Um, Hayden Hurst also, you can't play him because Chiga Conquo was zeroed by the Saints, and that's who the Panthers play this week. So definitely can't pick him up and play him this week. It's going to be very low upside where Hunter Henry actually might have a lot of upside. Now, you made a good call pre waiver wire here looking at uh, Cole Turner was a different tight end though. Logan Thomas got some key targets there from Sam Howell. So he's okay. He's a lower end option. I got decent production. I had to plug him in at the last minute for Travis Kelsey. He was okay. Two guys, Michelle, I'm not interested in. I know the targets say go after these guys. Zach Ertz had a crazy 10 targets, but only six for 21. And then Durham Smythe, really? Uh, I don't know. Like, I, I, I don't see him being a big factor here. In fact, River Craycraft seemed to be a little bit more involved behind uh, Tyreek Hill and uh, Jalen Waddle. So I don't know. I'm not feeling it with Ertz or Smythe. I just think these are going to be committee-type approaches with these tight ends and just a fluke of maybe the, the particular matchup. I don't think the Zach Ertz 10 targets is a fluke because he was utilized like crazy without DeAndre Hopkins last year as well. Maybe it was a tough matchup against Washington. They were good against tight ends the year prior. Maybe it'll be better against the Giants. We'll see. Zacharis is someone I would consider just volume-based. Like, I, I don't expect the production to be efficient with uh, Josh Dobbs there. But Durham Smythe, yeah, I have no interest, especially because week two he plays the Patriots. They just held Dallas Goddard to zero receptions. Yeah. No, thank you. And I, I just think so much of that game had to do with su being such a high-score game. I, I don't, I'm not interested in Durham Smythe at all. Yeah, uh, I agree with you there. Um, so we'll close here with the waiver wire. Look, streaming defenses are hard to find here. Everyone jumps on the obvious ones, right, that you look at. Oh, this is playing a bad offense. But I have three maybe guys, I say guys, okay, collection of guys that are out there that can be good for you this week. And uh, I'll give you these three options, Michelle. These should be widely available in your leagues. Don't use any fab budget. Go get these uh, on the super cheap. Play them for one week. The Giants – at the Cardinals, you can't uh, disagree with that, I don't think. But you might have some uh, opinions on these. Buccaneers at home against Justin Fields. Fields looked bad last week. And then the Texans, this is very sneaky. The Jaguars scored a ton of fantasy points against Anthony Richardson. And the Texans' defense is actually not that bad. They kind of caused some problems and made Lamar Jackson look ugly. Similar type quarterback. So these are my three, like, super – cheap in most cases maybe the giants are own a lot of leagues but i think this is where you would look at it, uh, your very very cheap plug and play one week options yeah i like those options i also really like the lions against the seahawks i mean geno yeah. smith just fell flat Sneaky. on his face in week one the lions defense looked pretty solid against patrick mahomes i mean i know they made so many mis I, I know the chiefs receivers dropped a lot of balls and made mistakes but it was still against the Chiefs, and they still only allowed 20 points. And Aiden Hutchinson looked like a, a destroyer on that line. So he might be able to make Geno Smith make more mistakes than he made Patrick Mahomes make. So Lions' is, uh, defense, I'm definitely interested in uh, possibly streaming this week. 
All right, excellent. Yeah, so there are plenty of choices there, so don't uh, sweat that. You shouldn't sweat it in any week, but this is why we're here, to help you on the waiver wire every single week here. This is for week two. We'll be here all season long helping you upgrade your roster, whether short-term or long-term. That's what we do. Uh, we're Locked On Fantasy Football, your destination to become the smartest fantasy football employer league. Our Locked On Network, your team every day. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. Every day or tomorrow, don't forget, we'll turn our attention to the week two rankings. So we'll have a look at the running backs there and quarterbacks for you. So good stuff to start the week there uh, as we flip the page from week one to week two here on Locked On Fantasy Football. For Locked On Fantasy Football, this has been Vinny Iyer. And I'm Michelle Majuk. Bye, y'all.